Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Julia Show, My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Before the hour is up, we will play today's celebrity voice and give you a chance to win tickets to see 42nd Street at the Ordway in a couple of weeks. And also uh, join Laurie and Julia for a little cocktail soiree before the show. So stick around. That's coming up uh, before six. Thank you All so right. much, Donnie Love. Yes, we are teasing it out today, pushing it back, pushing it back, keeping Way people back. with the program. Okay, so. Have you with the program? Uh, So we're getting a lot of different um, news stories and excerpts. You know, People Magazine is running with it, Vanity Fair. um, You know, because we're coming up on the 20-year anniversary of John F. Kennedy Jr.'s plane crash with his wife, Carolyn Bassett, and her sister, Lauren. And last week's People Magazine, it was... uh, The cover. It was the cover, and it was an excerpt from this uh, new book um, called America's Reluctant Prince that was written by this guy, Stephen Gillian. He's a historian, and he is he met John when John was his teaching assistant at Brown University, Wow! and it turned into a friendship, friendship. Yep. Of, of 18 years until John, John died. Right. So he's the one who wrote, uh, this book okay. and people has been uh, doing excerpts of it and it is really it's interesting how we just are not sick of getting that was any so story tragic. about him his life what he was like i mean we've well sure because of how it ended it's but it's kind of you yeah. have sort of an insatiable app or there's yeah. an insatiable yeah. appetite about like wanting because how many friends have written stories i mean his longtime assistant we had right. his one friend on his ex his one girlfriend of many years we had her on mm-hmm. we have found something in all of them because and maybe it's because particularly with people of a certain age we all feel like we knew him. Right. From that three-year-old boy was, picture of him saluting, saluting his father's casket. Right. You know, we've... Yeah. He we, was kind of the first... He felt accessible for some reason. Well, here's how, what G- Gillian said. No one will ever live a life like John F. Kennedy Jr. because he grew up the only son of an assassinated president and he was surrounded by cameras from the time he was mm-hmm. born. You know? Yeah. So there won't be... 
you know, there's like, and then the fact that his father was killed. Right, right. And then he's saluting. He's named after his father. Mm -hmm. The woman that, you know, his mother then marries afterwards. But here's a little bit from the Today Show. And then I, I really did some digging and reading and just picking up some little nuggets of things that we didn't either know about John or Carolyn Carolyn. or whatever. Okay. Here we go. John F. Kennedy Jr.'s September 1996 marriage to Carolyn Bissett on Cumberland Island off the Georgia coast, now part of an upcoming TLC documentary. His longtime friend, Billy Noonan, filmed it all on a handheld camcorder and licensed his video to the filmmakers. She was drop-dead gorgeous and uh, funny and sassy. She could be edgy. And um, I think John liked that. It was a little different angle than, um, than his world. The political spotlight trained on him since his earliest days in the White House. After his father's assassination, John F. Kennedy Jr. blossoming on his own, becoming an attorney and very eligible bachelor. It wasn't until after he got to college that he sort of morphed into this, um, to the sexiest man alive. Mm-hmm. And did he ever? Because he was. When you see photos yeah. of him as a you know junior high, and right. he's kind of gawky, and he had all yeah, that hair, hair, and he hadn't gotten yeah. the muscles yet. But boy, once he bloomed, yeah, mm-hmm. it was like whoa. And his mom always sent him on experiences. Remember all the time he spent out west on dude ranches and working. He always had to go. He yeah, he just did different things than you would see a rich spoiled kid do. Right, <laughs> and and um. Apparently, he thought after he got married, uh, he thought the press would lose interest in his love life. Right. And, because he wouldn't be the shirtless, good-looking bachelor whose dating life was, around was chronicled like he was an A-list star. He couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah. The interest became even more intense in him. So here's one more. For their wedding, the famous bride and groom prioritizing secrecy. The guests taking a private plane to Florida, then boarding a small boat motoring off the coast of Georgia. At the rehearsal dinner, John F. Kennedy Jr. thanking the guests, co-conspirators in secrecy, then turning his toast to his bride-to-be. Time changed my life in a way that I never thought was possible, and uh, just made me... The next day, traveling off-road to the wedding ceremony in jeeps and pickup trucks, following paths untrackable by paparazzi to a secluded church in the woods. It was amazing to have experienced, and when I look at the video now, I realize how magical it was and how special it was. Noonan says he was supposed to have dinner with JFK Jr. the night his plane went down. Now, you may wonder why Noonan, who knew how hard John and Carolyn worked to keep their wedding private, would make these videos public. He says they were just sitting in a shoebox collecting dust, and that as we approach the 20th anniversary of their deaths, he wanted to celebrate what was the happiest day of their lives. Uh, well, in- we had Noonan, because he wrote a book, we had him... Yes, we? we had him on our show. Yeah, yeah I yeah. have it. JFK and me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or was that Berman, the guy he partnered with George with? See, there's been no, so many books. No, I know. Books. I feel like Noonan was on our okay. show and the book had a green cover. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, um, we've had several people yeah, on we because have. we're always fascinated. And one of the things in the in the excerpt from uh, last week's People mm-hmm. that I'd never read before was that Carolyn Bassett's mother gave a toast at the wedding that was a little awkward and i'll be interested to see if it's in this 
camcorded like of this video. Okay. It was reported that it was awkward because she basically alluded to the fact that she didn't think John would be good for her daughter. In a oh. toast? In a toast. But the mm. way it was done, mm. that it was just a little, like it was just sort of like it raised a few eyebrows. But the way she worded it, it might have been a little bit. But um, now remember, like you're the mom of this daughter and now she's marrying this guy who you're literally going in on an island where you're, you know, where the pop. Yeah. Maybe that stressed her out a little bit. Like, well, wow. Well, sure. The, the lengths we have to go to for privacy. Just for the wedding. Right, it's right. just now starting. So um, I think thought that was kind of interesting also in this book america's reluctant prince um because of the weight of history that john felt he was in therapy almost his whole life and gillian says um again this is his friend you know of 18 years john was pretty open about his therapy there was one day a week where you knew where john was and there were two things john always had scheduled every week his massage in his therapy appointment. As a result, Gillian said, John was the best person in the world to get advice from. You could tell he spent a lot of time analyzing himself. And by doing so, he had a better sense of other people. His nearly lifelong therapy was an immense help to him, but also made him a fantastic listener and problem solver for his friends. Mm-hmm. Are you going to talk about the Daryl Hannah connection? Well, the Daryl that was not a good relationship. No, that and the was, mom Jackie, Jackie O couldn't she couldn't stand, stand her. her. And also, John and his sister had a bit of a rift. And his book details the mounting tension between John and Caroline in the final months before he died. They really? were barely in speaking Why? terms. The friction over their spouses, Caroline's husband. Ed, Ed Schlossberg. Schlossberg. Um, and over Caroline. John never liked Ed, a friend told Gillian, and Caroline told John that his sister and her husband, Ed, viewed him as the family bleep up. And um, John felt Caroline was dismissive of him. She didn't like that he started this George magazine. Right. But the real tension was with Ed, the Sotheby's auction in 1996 of his mother's belongings after she died, John wanted a private auction. Ed thought a public auction would raise more money. What John resented was that Ed got to make the decision. His weight ruled. John felt only he and Caroline should speak, should get a vote. Absolutely. And, uh, but I guess um, in the days before he died, he had a conversation with his sister. They agreed they need to do a better job of staying in touch. And they made up and said, let's put this behind, blah, blah, blah. Because, of course, they probably thought there was more time to do it. And um, he, you know, John, in the summer of 1996, John told a friend he was going to separate from Caroline. I remember that. To let her know how serious things were and they needed to make changes. And he wanted to run for governor in 2002 of New York. And he was worried about the stress. And he spent his last few nights before the crash at the Stanhope Hotel, where he met his former girlfriend, Julie Baker, with whom he remained close. And he told her he was afraid of being alone. But then Caroline decided to join him for the, the wedding. wedding of his cousin, yep. Rory, uh, scheduled for July 17th, 1999. And uh, so she was making an effort to make things work. George had IDs to keep 
John had ideas to keep George going, and they both felt that they could have a relationship. They were kind of fighting about kids. He was ready to start a family, and she was like, your magazine is foundering, and your best friend, cousin, brother is dying. Yeah. This is not a time for us to Lee talk Radswell. about family. Radswell. Anthony Radswell. Anthony Radswell. Mm-hmm. Carolyn Radswell. Yeah. yeah, so it's... Uh, uh, it's interesting. I I can't imagine how the mother-in-law, the mom of those two girls that died in that plane crash, they must released, have, They tomorrow I'm going to tell you who was Lauren Bassett because mm-hmm. she she was a go-getter. Unbelievable. She was, no, I know she was, and that they lost both of their both girls their daughters and, from and, him. And the month that they died, Carolyn and Lauren's mother, father, and stepfather released one statement. They don't speak they to did. anybody. I know. John and Carolyn were true soulmates, and we hope to honor them in death in the simple manner in which they chose to live their lives. We take solace in the thought that together they will comfort Lauren for eternity. I just, I so they never, you he, never kind of been forgotten about Lauren. No, but even no. how that is worded, right. you yeah. know, like that, that is gives you chills. I think the shock of losing not one but both your kids from this guy who shouldn't have flown a plane he made bad choices from the get-go and apparently he had a recklessness that he was always like a high adrenaline junkie kind of his mom never wanted him to even get the license she didn't she always had dreams he was Mm going to die in a plane crash she always had a premonition well i'll be yeah so tomorrow who was lauren Bassett? because she's kind of been reduced to a footnote she was a huge deal she may have been more successful than john and caroline uh in terms of what she did she was incredible all right listen we'll be right back with the dirt alert this is a My Talk Dirt Alert. All right, Holly, let's get to it. Yes. What do we have? We've I know got we have some. so many stories we haven't gotten to today. Money, money, money this afternoon. The world's highest paid entertainers. This is a new list from Forbes magazine. They're telling us who made a lot of dough. So the way that they count this is the money that was made by all of these celebrities before taxes from June of last year, 2018, through June 2019. So that's what we're looking at. And Taylor Swift, not surprisingly, she is number one on this list. And her Reputation Stadium tour last year was officially the highest grossing tour in United States history. Wow. And that is where Taylor Swift made all of her money last year, a vast majority of it. $185 million topping Forbes' list. That's a lot of money. Uh, And uh, number two on this list, Kylie Jenner. She made $170 million last year, of course, from the Kylie lip kits and the makeup. How much money? $170 million. Wow. Oh my gosh. Man, when you have that lip gloss and you price it just right where it's accessible. And, and people it, like it. And people like it. It's aspirational for teenagers. It's easy to ask your parents for Christmas or holidays or birthdays to be like, can you get me this $50 lip kit? And it's fun to play with. Is that how much I, it is? 50 Well, you okay. can get, they're like prices. 30 Okay. But you can, I know people my age mm-hmm. who love it and swear by it. Yeah. Who are All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lip, you know, gloss affectionados. If that's or right, aficionados. Or aficionados. Mm-hmm. That they're, too, they're, tomato, tomato. They're yeah. affectionate for the lip gloss. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, I think that also they uh, they carry them at Ulta Beauty. I mm-hmm. want to say that they, they carry do. some of the Kylie lip mm-hmm. glosses. Uh, Who's number three? Kanye West. Wow. Easy shoes, right? Is that it? Is that where he makes his money? Because it can't be for music that yeah. much. Julia, you mentioned last hour uh, that Kanye West, because of his collaboration with Adidas, has made a billion dollars. Billion dollars. Selling those sneakers. Uh Per shoe, Kanye West makes 15% on wholesale. If that means anything to you yeah, in the world good, of shoe that's business. That's a good chunk. Mm-hmm. That's a good chunk. Because remember we said someone gets two, Rihanna gets just 2% of Fenty Beauty. Mm-hmm. He's got 15%. I mean. Yeah, that's good. And those shoes aren't cheap. No, no they are not. $150 million for Kanye. Number mm. four, Lionel Messi, the football star. He made uh, $127 million last year. He has a lifelong deal with Adidas, so he's pretty much set there. And number five on this list, Ed Sheeran, his Divide Tour, uh, wraps up this summer. More than After more than two years on the road, he has Whoa. grossed over $600 million Jeez. worldwide, $110 million for you. And, and he has no band to pay. <laughs> right. right. That just is the thing for me. I mean, he has no one to pay. He doesn't have a stage. He doesn't do anything. And also think about Ed Sheeran, too, and Taylor Swift. They're songwriters. Yeah, Yeah. so they get it, too. So they get it that way, too. Mm -hmm. Now, there's an interesting chart. There's a lot of different breakdowns that Forbes published this afternoon. And uh, one of the old sayings is that actors like to do these superhero money movies because they like to make the superhero money. Mm -hmm. And that is totally true. They broke it down of some of the actors in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how much money they made in the past year. Chris Hemsworth, Thor, $76.4 million. Yeah, see, that's why you do it. Followed by Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man, $66 million. That's just this year. That's just this last. Bradley Cooper, voicing. The raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy and appearing in Avengers movies, $57 million to be the voice of the raccoon. Whoa. Arena Shank is bummed she never got to marry this him. This is why uh, yes. Angelina is going to do that um, that superhero, oh, whatever of course. it's called. Yeah. Yeah. The next one that's coming up that I Disney's don't doing the yeah. name of it. But yes, Angelina Jolie has been in negotiations. She's in the Disney universe and they like her because yeah, Maleficent is making, is going to be. It did really well, and it's going to do the second one is going to do great, too. Yeah, the trailer looks fun. And I was reading about Maleficent before we move on to our next story. The second one that this movie is an expansion of the story of Sleeping Beauty. So it's not like the live action reboots and remakes where we're seeing the same story. This is actually an original story Mm -hmm. and they're expanding on a character that we already know, but it's going more in depth. So that's what makes this movie into... More into the true fairy tale that was written. Totally. All right. So superheroes making a heck of a lot of money. Um, We got to talk about a notable celebrity passing from yesterday, late yesterday, Rip Torn, the actor best known for such uh, roles as Artie in the Larry Sanders show and Men in Black, among others. I mean, he he had everything. Many. His career spanned six decades, so he passed away at his home in Massachusetts. 
at the age of 88. And he's from Texas. Uh, he went to Broadway in the mid-50s at the Actors Studio. He was on Broadway. Uh, he famously, on the set of a movie, Maidstone in 1970, struck Norman Mailer, the author, with a hammer while making this movie. Leading a to A hammer! Re- leading to a real brawl between the two that had to be broken up by other actors. Uh, he was arrested in 2010 for breaking into a bank in Lakeville, Connecticut. He was charged with carrying a firearm without a permit and carrying a firearm while intoxicated. He did he sounds receive... a little like a rebel. Yeah, he was a little like a rebel. Well, in 1994, during an appearance on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, Dennis Hopper accused Rip Torn of threatening him with a knife. Yeah. He kind of had quite a temper. An easy rider. And then Rip Torn sued Dennis Hopper for defamation and won $900,000. Stop. Because he said he he accused him of it on The Tonight Show. Yeah. But uh, so lots of different roles throughout the decades. A lot of people know him best as Artie from the Larry Sanders show, which he is incredible in that TV show. And by the way. he get nominated for everything? And was he married to Geraldine Page, I think, until she passed away? Yes. You know, the the trip to Bountiful, that actress. Yes, yes, I believe that is right. And also, Rip Torn used to be roommates with Burt Reynolds back in the day. When they were young actors. When they were football players or actors? When they were young actors. Trying to go to the actor's studio, Burt Reynolds wanted to be in the actor's studio. He asked Rip Torn to audition. They wanted Rip Torn, but he said, I'm not going in unless you bring Burt Reynolds. Well, he look said, at that. Because he said, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him, you elitist blank blanks. Wow. Yeah. And right. don't forget, you know him from Dodgeball. It's the sleazy dodgeball legend Patches O'Hulan who said if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. I mean, a loss an iconoclast. <laughs> if you dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. And then there was a scandal. Vintage scandal. It was quite the scandal. Shocking. What do we got? What do we got? Well, this story broke yesterday at the end of the day. My... Yes, it did. The ladies at the hair salon were going crazy because they were like, they wanted more of the story, at least according to Jazz. All right, so. <laughs> okay, Jazz. Jazz. I want more of the story. I hated that we didn't finish it up yesterday. Well, it was so, so here, here's the story. The daughter-in-law of opera singer Placido Domingo, who was in Scientology. She was married to Placido Domingo's son, his oldest son. Right. And oh, um, we've just got friends calling. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Crutchfield. It's, it's Crutchfield. Probably reminding me of an appointment I have on Friday. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're going there tonight. So I know we are going to. Yeah. So uh-huh. I'm sorry. I forgot to turn that uh, ringer down. Okay. So she's the daughter in law. She was married to Placido Domingo's oldest son. And Plac- Placido Domingo Jr. Right. But and Placido Domingo was not a Scientologist. But Julia, no, he wasn't a Scientologist, but she was, she was, she and her husband, and they eventually had three daughters. Okay. They were treated like royalty because of Placido Domingo. And the opportunity was always there to bring in the daddy-o. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so Sam Domingo, she's 51. She and her husband got divorced a couple years ago. Okay. But they were in Scientology for 22 years. She and her daughters, the three daughters, mm-hmm. her oldest daughter is 22, so they were all raised in Scientology, right. and her ex- ex-husband all have left the church. And she decided to speak out and talk about 
because she's also speaking like Leah Remini is about she can speak about what it's like to be the VIP act, the VIP celebrity sure. Scientologist. But the thing that triggered her because she or she um, signed the billion dollar contract. Right. She was in Sea Org. I mean, they went through uh, the whole nine yards. But in her 22 years in the church, she got liaisoned. She spent her time back and forth between Clearwater and L.A. But because of who she was, they wanted her working at the Scientology Center in Los Angeles. So her closest friends were Tom Cruise's sisters, yeah. his three sisters. And she also, because she wanted to keep an eye on her kids, she not only did her coursework and stuff, but she volunteered at like the daycare thing. Sure. So she knew Isabella and Connor and Connor. Cruz. Yes, Tom and Nicole's kids. And so they and she just she said when she saw Isabella be on the poster that she Scientology has always been the missing piece. She just couldn't speak up anymore because she knows all their cultish ways. In and this- that's what has led her to speak out because she left the church and she left kind of like how Lisa Marie Presley just quietly went away. That's right. Quietly went away. And so, so she wouldn't be attacked. Isabella Cruz was recently seen on a poster saying, I had something wrong with my life in Scientology. The missing piece saved me. Yeah, okay. The missing piece right. was Scientology. Right. Which Scientology, they do try and find broken people. But she just said when she saw that, it crushed her because she's known Isabella since she was a little girl. And she said, I couldn't be silent. So she, one of the things that she revealed is that when Tom and Nicole broke up, Tom, his, or his sisters and his mom were ordered back to LA from Clearwater, from Clearwater, and that the kids were taken out of the, were general, all the general player. Nobody goes to school in Scientology, no, right. okay? <laughs> the, the general the, player worker. Yeah, that Tom yeah. and Isabella were put into a, con, a boot camp, if you will, to learn about suppressive people. And of course, their mom, Nicole Kidman, right, right. is mom, being yeah. uh, identified as suppressive. And the kids are not that old. What are they, six and eight or something like Very that? Very young. She can't stand this. That is, so that's what led her. Mm-hmm. So she is giving this bombshell interview about, um, you know, she just hated that Isabella was a poster child. And she said, I know the techniques they used. I know with the second in command, Marty Rathbun, I knew what his uh, techniques, they were indoctrinated and very much isolated even from other kids so that they would get it in their head that their mother was not to be viewed as a person, but as a suppressive. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, Anyway, uh, she's, she said uh, about um, Jada Pinkett Smith, definitely in Scientology. She was a recruiter. She was paid commission to bring in people. And she just lied She was that. always around. And she said, yes, we all knew them as Scientologists. There was never any doubt. They deny they've been in it. They lie. She was a recruiter. Um, so anyway, uh, she, uh, she was told by Daphne Waynes. And she, she used to be married to Keenan. Mm-hmm. And Daphne is still brothers, yeah. in Scientology. Okay. Is Keenan? No. I was told by Daphne that Jada was the one who got her into the Celebrity Center and Aunt, all of her kids into the prestigious Scientology school called Delpha LA. After I left, Daphne disconnected from me. Oh, yes. Then this is what she says about, well, how did they pay? Because they got into uh, Scientology. She and Placido, she Junior. joined it when she was 22. 
Okay. Okay. And two years later, she was in Sea Org working on the ship. And then, uh, and then, uh, and she was dating um, a Scientologist by the name of Mike Gomes, who was in the office of the president, David Miscavige. Yes. And uh, anyway, but then she ended up meeting Placido Domingo Jr. And uh, so, anyway, so she meets him, and, uh, you know, and she meets his half brother, who's a church VP. And they started dating. So they were both, the Placido sons were in it. And um, they became public Scientologists. And so they were treated, they got the VAP, everything. Yep. Okay, like everybody does. And they flitted back and forth between L.A. and Clearwater, raising their three daughters, taking courses. But who foot the bill? Placido Domingo, the opera singer. He hated and hates Scientology for taking away two of his three kids. Now he only has two of his... One boy never was in it. Right. Placido Jr. is out, but the one middle boy is still in it. Okay. He had no choice. If he wanted to see them, he had to pay for their courses. Placido Domingo ended up paying at least $2 million to the church for his two sons and their families. And Scientology was desperate to recruit Placido himself because he's a musical legend among the three tenors, um, blah, blah, blah. And he said, I was treated so differently because we are VIP everywhere. We tried to recruit more Domingos. That was our number one job. Yep. Jose and Place have always tried to recruit their dad. He funded their services. He paid $200,000 for a founding patron card for me and Place. It's just a plastic card that oh, does I'm nothing. Sure. Don't worry. And then for the privilege of going operating Thetan levels, yes. Placido Domingo was paying $100,000 for her and her husband. Every level. And he paid my 40000 freeloader bill. Because I dropped out of Sea Org, working on the ship. It was so, so grueling. So you had to pay to get out. To get out. And she also had to pay 200000 for auditing for wanting to leave Sea Org. The bills kept mounting, and he easily paid Scientology $2 million plus. They desperately wanted him. They've got, you know... They've got the one that's in Scientology. Yeah. And uh, his, you know... Uh, her mother-in-law, Marta, the matriarch, Placido's wife, hates it. She watched Going Clear. She tried to get all of her kids to watch it, everyone in the family, because they keep trying to recruit these Domingos. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, she said, Placido privately hates that anyone knows it, but he doesn't want to be associated in any way, shape, or form. And when she got divorced from his son, they... Um, so this woman did divorce Placi. Okay. Yeah, they divorced a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, anyway, she said after the divorce, Placido, the father, the mm-hmm. tenor, wanted one last family holiday, all of us. And I told him the whole truth about the divorce, what happened to me, all these things that he's paying for, being spied on. Right. He was shocked. He said that was the first I'd ever said anything. He said, I knew it. He said, how do I get my son out? Right. What do I do? And then he just said, that's it. No more money for Scientology. And after Marty Rathbun and Mike Rinder escaped the church, then Mm -hmm. she said, I secretly met them in London. When I got home, I got threatened by the church and blah, blah, blah. But she did uh, get out. And her ex-husband, Plassi, is also out. So Placido just has the one uh, kid. He's still in it with his kids. 
and uh, they're constantly trying to get the father to pay more money, and all the, it's very much divided the family. Oh, well, of course it Placido's is. Because wife, Marta, is trying to get all the nieces and nephews and cousins and everybody to watch going clear. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. here's what just spoke mm-hmm. four hours mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Leah Remini claims the Church of Scientology is trying to cancel her show. Oh, I believe it. And has met with lawyers. <laughs> you can't believe how they have come out after this Sam Domingo. They put out like a... Th- four-page denial. Yep. That's how you know it's true. Yeah, exactly. When you have to deny yeah. in yeah. four pages, right. that mm-hmm. means everything yeah. she's saying in true, because she's talking about how they made Kirstie Alley, and she said, I kind of liked Kirstie Alley because she would do the most demeaning things that the Church of Scientology would I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Do Like if she drank wine, she'd have to collect 110 signatures from people lower ranking than her saying she was a scumbag because she drank wine. She said, so I always kind of respected her, but now I look at it, you know, like, yeah. wow, what, 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 what brainwashing. Oh, it's completely uh, unbelievable. Oh. And then did you, they talk about how John Travolta tried to resurrect yes, his son, his son Jet, when he died from yeah. the, yeah. His seizure. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, you know, he, he, he probably, he might not have died if he'd had uh, medication. You don't ever know. Yeah, because they're against that. Right. Yeah, so it just, it's, but she, they're hounding her now, too. And maybe she'll be on Leah's show. Here's what I never understand, and I know we got to take mm-hmm. a break. Here's what I never understand is when Tom and Nicole got divorced. Mm-hmm. How did he get the kids? The kids. Whatever she said in auditing. Whatever. That's how they keep people. That's how they blackmail. That's supposedly how they blackmail John Travolta. But I'm wondering, legally, how did he get the kids? I mean... She she agreed with whatever he had, whatever the goods were that he had on her from auditing. That's that's that has always been the story, Julia. Is is the auditing sessions where? um, But it just seems so weird because she would know so many of Tom Cruise's picadillos too. But she's not auditing him. She yeah, doesn't have right. access. He's spying on her. That's true. Because he, he did spied the same on, thing. Katie yeah. Holmes. Yeah. So, okay. you know, that's why Katie got out. That's why she got out before Suri was six and started getting indoctrinated. Right. She probably, I wouldn't be surprised if she had conversations on the download with Nicole Kidman. Nicole no, Kidman I'm, probably helped. I'm sure. Gave her some useful information. Right. That and the fact that her dad and is a huge and lawyer. To me, it seems odd that those two. Well, whatever. Well, well they can't. They I mean, can't. they're not going to have no. any kind of a thing because maybe NDAs. stuff, whatever they yep. signed. Yeah. Anyway, pretty wild. Okay. The scandal continues with Scientology. We'll be back. And my friend said, I know you love her, but it's overnight. It doesn't matter. Put the phone away. It's never easy. Remember in our project, Down and Dirty with the musical? We did not. Oh. Chorus Girl. 
course, course, line. course, course line. line. Course we line. Course line. That's yes. how we opened the show. That's right, because I I was literally the chorus girl who must have screwed the director because I was going in the opposite direction of everybody else. You would have been no one else, like no. Julia. I was front row. I know to where the left. you were, and you were horrible. I was horrible. I was. It is off. not not a clue. It's funny that you. But I'm good in like a class, you know. Like I can work out at the front of my kickboxing class. At least I hope it's I still not can. The same thing. No, I know. But I've yeah. done. I've done aerobics. I mean, I thought I. I, I was so Keep bad. Going. I've done aerobics. I could do this. Yeah, I know. It's so bad. But I look good in my my leotard. Well, that was really at the end of the day, Lori. That's what's important. That's what I said. More important to look good than dance well. It is. I obviously. Anyone watching, they're like, "How'd this girl get hired? Oh, she's sleeping with somebody." All right, let's get to the voice. This is okay. a tough one, okay? okay? Listen closely. Who's this, listeners? I gave myself 11 years. I don't know why 11, but 11 years to, to be for three things. To be in a movie. To be in a movie that was large enough that it would play my small hometown, Modesto. Whoa, 651-641-1071. If big you know who star. that is. Okay. In lots of movies. All right, there you go, Doug. Big, 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 big. Now, are you excited about Jessica Simpson publishing a tell-all memoir? Next Lori, year, Lori. I have never. I have only been in awe of Jessica Simpson's shoe line. I okay. mean, like she made money before anyone okay, made money. Would, on would you? Would you I like? Never, I would like to her to not skimp on how she built that business. I would like well, her would, not to skimp on any John Mayer sexual funny I anecdotes. I could take that, but I don't care about Nick Lachey at all. All right. So I think it'll be interesting because I think she's real. She promises like she will her. not hold back on any detail because she wants to inspire other people to walk through their fears and defeat their challenges. Let's do it. You know, I'm not walking on fire. Yeah. Anyway, I hope she I does. Think, I think it'll be good. I think she's relatable. Yeah. I loved her. And I think a lot of pictures. Yeah. And I think a lot of people relate to that. Hot, the starter marriage, basically, yeah, she had with she Nick had, Lachey, yeah. you know, 2000, it was a four-year marriage, and, you know, it's not easy when everyone thinks you two are the most perfect couple to then walk away from it sure. and all of that. Yes, so, and how much she had to pay him. Yeah, so, yeah, I would like to, I'd read that book. I think so, too. Yeah. Okay, Willie Nelson is bringing Farm Aid to Wisconsin's Alpine Valley on September 21st. I think this is something people are going to want to get tickets well, to. Tickets, name the lineup. Tickets go on sale this Friday through Ticketmaster. But name the lineup. Everyone is going to be there. Yeah, it's outside. It's an amphitheater. Yep, that's supposed to be a way. cool place. It is a cool place. I've been there. All right. Um, like this weekend, for example, there's going to be a three-day bake fest, bake fest with fish. Oh, funny. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Wisconsin was picked by Farm Aid organizers, which Willie Nelson is one mm-hmm. of them, specifically because um, the dairy farm, uh, the dairy prices have fallen so much, 40%. They could come to Minnesota. The soybean farmers need help. No kidding. Anyway, uh, Wisconsin is number one in farm bankruptcy filings. Really? Over the past three years because of the dairy situation. Okay. So Why is that happening, though? I don't even know the... Oh, Julia. We don't have time. It, it'll, yeah, and it involves politics and blah, okay. blah, blah. You know. With milk prices? Oh, Julia. It's in everything. All right. Okay, so Willie okay. Nelson, Neil Young, he's always Farm Aid. I, John Mellencamp, Farm Aid. Yeah. Uh, Love it. Dave Matthews, and then two women from the 1985 original Farm Aid lineup, Bonnie Wright and Tanya Tucker. 
We young- saw Tanya. We tried to see Tanya yeah. Tucker at the State Fair. She was done before we got to her. Yeah, younger stars on the bill include Nathaniel Rateliff in the Night Sweats. They're great. And Margot Price, Jamie Johnson. Oh, I got a winner. Oh, do you? Oh, I was shocked. The second caller. I, yeah. to, I can't believe you got it that quickly. I'm okay, not happy. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. We got to hear the voice. Wait. Okay, here we are. Here's the voice. I gave myself 11 years. I don't know why 11, but 11 years to, to be for three things. To be in a movie. To be in a movie... That was large enough that we played my small hometown, Modesto. Robin, it's, who is that? It's Taylor. That is Jeremy Renner. Oh, Jeremy, Jeremy Renner. Renner. Oh. I thought, I was just thinking. How did you pick up on that? You know, I don't know. I know our, uh, The Town is one of my favorite movies. Um, yes. And oh. he's got a big role in that one. Yes, yeah, so, he does. Um, it, it, was, it was truly just a guess. I mean, well, I know he's in well done. some of the Mission Impossible. And, yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. Um, you know, so... It was a guess, and I got lucky. All right, well, we'll see you. We'll see you on the twenty fifth, and when Jeremy Renner speaks to you on your television as the some uh, Jeep ads, he's the voice of Jeep. You'll know who he is. Other well, people I'll go. have to thank him oh, time bye-bye. and time again. Yeah, there you go. Okay, gotta go. All right, we'll thank see you guys you. tomorrow.